The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. From your favorite source for Chicago White Sox talk, delivering news, interviews, analysis, and more. This is the Sox Machine Podcast with your hosts, Jim Margulis and Josh Nelson. After being the worst pitcher in baseball in 2018, Lucas Giolito had transformed himself into one of the best starting pitchers in the American League. Finishing in the top 11 of the American League Cy Young voting three straight seasons, not posting an ERA above 3.53, while producing 200-plus strikeout seasons in 2019 and 2021, Giolito was well on his way with the pace that he had in the short in 2020 season of having 200-plus strikeouts. Going into 2022, Giolito was trying to build on top of this foundation and take another step forward in his progression, not just to help the White Sox win in 2022, of course, but there was also his future earnings to consider. There were just two years left of team control, and with how well Giolito been pitching, it appeared he was well on his way of earning a $100-plus-million-dollar contract soon. It was a weird offseason for Giolito. He served as the White Sox Major League Baseball Players Association representative, which meant many phone calls during CBA negotiations that eventually turned into a lockout. In his effort to improve, Giolito estimated he put on 20 pounds of muscle during the offseason in efforts to throw harder in 2022. Giolito got the nod for opening day with a shortened spring training because of the lockout. Many starting pitchers were limited on how many pitches they threw. Giolito only threw 61 pitches against Detroit that afternoon, but he was excellent, tossing four scoreless innings, only allowing one hit, two walks, and six strikeouts. It was a great way to start the season. Unfortunately for Giolito, he experienced an abdominal strain and had to be placed on the injured list. He wouldn't make his next start until April 24th against the Minnesota Twins, but Giolito didn't miss a step. He struck out nine batters in four innings of work while throwing 76 pitches, only allowing one earned run with four hits and three walks. Then the pitch governor came off, allowing Giolito to have a normal workload of 100 pitches, and he had quality starts against the Angels and Guardians, Put up a 10-strikeout game against the Cubs. On May 25th against Boston, Giolito went six innings, allowing just one earned run. His season ERA was 2.63. It appeared that Giolito was well on his way to a terrific 2022 campaign. 
In a hyped-up pitchers matchup against Toronto's Kevin Gaussman, neither Gaussman or Giolito pitched well at the end of May. Manager Tony La Russa pulled Giolito with two outs in the fifth inning after his starter gave up six earned runs on eight hits. Next was Tampa, and Giolito allowed five runs. Only two were earned as he gave up two more home runs. And then Giolito had three straight starts, only lasting five innings as he gave up four runs to the Texas Rangers, eight earned runs to the Astros, and seven earned runs to the Blue Jays again. Giolito's month ERA in June was 7.67, as opposing hitters had a slash line of a 336 batting average, a 389 on base percentage, and they were slugging 619. Giolito's season ERA ballooned to 5.19. Clearly, something was off. That something was his fastball velocity. The added muscle mass did not help. Instead of inching closer to 95 miles per hour, Giolito was getting slower as his average four-seam velocity in April, May, and June hovered around 93 miles per hour. That dropped another tick in July when his fastball clacked in at an average of 92.3 miles per hour and took another dip in September when it averaged 91.5 miles per hour. In July, Giolito had an issue with his slider as opposing hitters had a 385 average and they were slugging 533 against that pitch. At the All-Star break, Giolito had another great outing against Cleveland as he went six of the third innings, allowed just one run, which was unearned, and he had five strikeouts. At that point, his season ERA was at 4.69. Maybe it was just a bad first half, but Giolito's overall arsenal was very lacking, and it became quite concerning if one of the leaders of the pitching staff was regressing. His first start post-All-Star break against that same Cleveland team he dominated earlier in the season Giolito allowed six earned runs in three innings, and then the wheels really came off as Giolito carried a 5-plus ERA all the way to his final start in October at home against the Minnesota Twins. In that start, Giolito went seven innings, only allowed two hits and two earned runs while striking out four. That performance was good enough to finish with a 4.90 ERA. If you only look at the win-loss record, Giolito had a fine season going 11-9, but the White Sox were 13-17 in his starts. He only pitched 161 and two-thirds innings in 30 starts, so that's not even averaging six innings per start. He only struck out 177 batters. That's 20 few fewer than 2021 in just one fewer start. After posting a 124 ERA plus in 2021, Giolito's ERA plus was 81, meaning he was 19% below league average. Giolito finished with a 1.8 war, according to Fangraphs. The end results are alarming. His overall stuff declining is also very alarming. As a frequent guest on the Chris Rose Show on the John Boy Network, Giolito made it very clear that he, quote-unquote, sucked in 2022 and took blame for the White Sox failure to live up to the expectations as a heavy favorite. Now Giolito enters his final year of team control with the White Sox. After showing so much promise from 2019 to 2021, Giolito is a mystery heading into 2023. What kind of pitcher is he? Can he recapture the magic of being a top 10 pitcher in the American League again? If so, he's due for a big payday in free agency. If he duplicates his 2022 season in 2023, he can forget signing a $100 plus million deal, at least for another year. 
Next season is incredibly important for the White Sox in their contention window, but it's also incredibly important for Lucas Giolito on a personal level. What does he need to do to bounce back? We'll discuss next after a quick word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to the Sox Machine Podcast as we continue the conversation about Lucas Giolito. And joining me is Jim Margulis, the managing editor of SoxMachine.com, to continue this conversation. And Jim, let's start off with the easy question. How would you grade Lucas Giolito's 2022 campaign? I would give him a C minus, which feels high in a way just because, you know, he should be a Cy Young finalist. But when it comes to starting pitching, he at least provided innings. Uh, I think he could have thrown a lot fewer innings than he did. So uh, there's that. But yeah, ultimately, like... He's not supposed to be, you know, a league average innings muncher. He's supposed to be an elite pitcher. But thankfully, Dylan Cease uh, made that jump to where, like, he kind of slid into Dylan Cease's role. And that was fine for what the rotation had to offer. It just turned out that there were so many other problems that uh, Giolito's underperformance really hurt. And let's talk about what may have been the root cause. Because Giolito had a good start to the season. As I mentioned in the intro... His first seven starts of the season going through Memorial Day weekend, his ERA for the season was 2.63. And then that bad start Mm -hmm. in late May with Kevin Gaussman. We were expecting a Cyan duel. Didn't get that. It was a high-scoring affair. But Giolito collapsed in June and collapsed in July. And it took until the final start of the regular season for him to get his ERA below five. 
But the fastball velocity is what really concerns me, especially if you go to Baseball Savant, where you see the average four-seam fastball for the first three months of the season is above 93 miles per hour. And then you look at the end of the year, and it's 91.5 miles per hour. How alarming is the drop in fastball velocity for Lucas Giolito, Jim? It's bad. Uh, I think that's the way you can you can say it. And, you know, he didn't duck from that either. And it was very much a case where he was just trying to get through the season. Like he didn't have any, there were a couple of times where he said like, you know, I can have to look at what I'm doing and, and look at some video and mechanically. But by the end of the season, like by September, there weren't any false hopes. He like, he said like he could locate better and, you know, he can you know work on a sequencing, but really when it comes to like his peak stuff that wasn't coming back this year. So, uh, it is alarming just because, you know, there's a whole thing with sticky stuff and like, you know, Giolito hasn't been the same since the sticky stuff crackdown. And that's not really true. There was a little bit of a burp immediately after that crackdown happened, but then, you know, his performance more or less stabilized. He was still like a top 10 Cy Young guy or top six Cy Young guy, top seven, one of those two. And, and you know, the ERA was good. The innings per start was good. Like maybe not the, you know, goofy swings and misses that he got with his fastball and changeup and, you know, the, the being able to throw eight consecutive changeups, uh, the, the kind of weird stuff he was doing, like he was more traditional in his picks, pitch mix, but he was more or less, you know, himself. So, you know, it wasn't a case where like the sticky stuff got him. It was the fastball velocity because like the spinner is down, but with more velocity comes more spin. Like those two things go hand in hand. So, that's uh, a problem. And I think like the thing that's, you know, perhaps troubling about it is, you know, you can look at it two ways. You can say, well, you know, if he's hurt and if he's dealing with like the abdominal strain and there's COVID and then like something else may be holding him back, like full off season of rest uh, and, and getting back at it could resolve it. But, you know, he entered this season, you know, with the 20 pounds of junk in the trunk, you know, trying to get stronger and, 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 you know, be a, you know, that kind of, uh, powerhouse for a whole year. And that kind of didn't work for him. Also, Ethan Katz is now his pitching coach versus like his off season guru. So like if that guy was there all along, does that mean like he flips a script and goes to Don Cooper and goes to Brentwood, Tennessee over the course of the winter uh, to try to you know talk to the guy he wasn't talking to. So I don't quite know, but like, those are the things I guess that concerns me is like if the Off-season fixes were there all along. You know, what can you do from here? But maybe it is a case where he was pitching hurt and, you know, maybe he's one of the cases like, you know, with Luis Roberts and Tim Anderson and Yohan Makata. Yes, Mike Rendell, et cetera. Like he might've been like a more muted version of the case where like this guy has been playing hurts or pitching like less than hundred percent and nobody's really saying anything uh, because there is no mechanism in the Tony La Russa administration to properly process complaints or issues physically and get them resolved. And, you know, it's maybe a case too, where if the White Sox make any training staff tweaks, um, you know, maybe he's somebody who will benefit from that as well. What's fascinating about the fastball velocity and something that I'll even have to tweak a little bit in the upcoming Major League Baseball draft coverage for next season is that the average four-seam velocity this postseason, Jim, was 95 miles per hour. Yeah, that was weird. The The average velocity for right-handed pitchers with four-seamers was already inching close to 94. It was at 93.8 miles per hour. So when we talk about draft grades and we're doing scouting reports, 50 grade for a right-handed pitcher is going to be 93-94. That's average. 
Lucas Giolito at the end of the season was at 91 and a half. He's not throwing average velocity in the major leagues. So whatever changes that he's going to be doing this offseason to get himself prepared, that 93 and a half miles per hour to 94, I would think 94 to 95 would be ideal for Lucas Giolito, mm-hmm. but let's just get him back to at least 93, would go a long way to help him. Because the slider, and I've been harping on this all 2022, was not a very good pitch as far as quality. Now, he gets good results somehow off of the slider. I have no idea. His slider compared to Dylan Cease is like night and day as far as pitch quality. But it it works for Lucas Giolito. But if he's throwing 91 and there's not that much speed difference between the four seam and the changeup, that's problematic. So... Again, the fastball velocity is going to be a big thing we're going to focus on, especially when Lucas Giolito arrives in spring training. This is something we're going to talk a lot about during spring training in the month of March, watching Lucas Giolito. Where is he as far as the velocity? And even going into his few few starts to start the 2023 season, where is Lucas Giolito's four-seam fastball velocity to start the season? Because if he's still at 91-92... I'm going to be quite concerned, and it goes into this next question. What's the confidence level in Giolito bouncing back? Because it would be ideal, Jim, mm-hmm. if Lucas Giolito bounced back to his 2009, uh, 2019 to 2021 form. Because we saw at the end of 2022, Lance Lynn got hot. And Lance Lynn, let's say, got normal. And if Dylan Cease has evolved to the level that he's at, and it's sustainable. And Lance Lynn, if healthy to start the year, continues on how he ends 2022. That's a good one-two punch. And we haven't mentioned Michael Kopech, and we still may be unsure what Michael Kopech is even going into this season. But if Lucas Giolito could go back to his three-and-a-half ERA self that we saw from 19 to 21, Mm -hmm. that would go a long way to the White Sox bouncing back. So what's your confidence level in him bouncing back? I would say, yeah, if I had put it like on a one, you know, one to 10 scale, because it's hard to find like the right adjective for it. That doesn't sound like too meh. I guess I would say like it's a six just because you know, with him, you know that he's open-minded about just like what will make him better. Mm -hmm. And we also just know that there are a whole bunch of, issues across the entire White Sox team when it comes to playing with less than their best stuff. We know that the White Sox, you know, at least starting with the hiring of Pedro Gafal, that they're doing, trying to do things differently than the way they've done them. And, you know, I've heard, you know, that there have been some interviews when it comes to like, uh, you know, training staff, whether it's new bodies of training staff, uh, new, new, new uh, people replacing. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's new jobs or uh, new faces in existing roles, but I have uh, heard of uh, interviews for uh, training staff changes. I, I think it's a case where there's reason to believe that he can get back to like that 93, 94 you're talking about. Hmm. And I think like with his delivery, like him being so large and having, you know, when he's functioning, that kind of short arm delivery that produces 93, 94, it does make things play up. It does make the uh, fastball get on hitters more uh, or get on hitters quicker. It does make that slider a little bit more effective, uh, make the changeup a little bit more effective as well, just because like hitters have to be guarding against that fastball hop. And so like if the slider comes out and is like 88 and it's more like kind of a cutting action, that's still not like 
the 96 that they're anticipating or having to act towards, even if it's 94. So yeah, that's, I think that's why I feel like there's no, you know, I can see why he wouldn't bounce back just because of what I talked about. Like he tried to make the pounds of muscle adjustment in the off season and Ethan Katz is there, but also like we know that, you know, he's already done it once when it comes to just the overhaul of his delivery, the core velocity belt, the neural pathways reconfiguring, like, Everything's on the table, I think, when it comes to him trying to get better. And like we, we've we seen other pitchers, like just, you know, I'm thinking like Dallas Keuchel, just only have one way to go about his business. And just, he ran his course you know, when it comes to the White Sox and his three-year deal. I think Giolito probably has more things he can try, and I think he'll try anything. So I think, uh, yeah, uh, that's why I put it like a six out of 10, because I can see enough reason to not go higher. But I think I want to be on the... Uh, closer to 10 than one on the scale. Yeah, it's high for me, like an eight Cool on the scale. And I am being prepared for people to call me a hater because I was on Lucas Giolito in 2022. 2022, Lucas Giolito was not a good pitcher. But the reason that I am high is a lot of the reasons you just pointed out, Jim. He's done this before. And there is a great motivating factor here. It's his contract year. Mm-hmm. Now, his arbitration, according to MLB trade rumors, their projection is $10.8 million. We'll see if that's actually going to come to fruition. But his future earnings are on the line here. And we saw what happened to Carlos Rodon when Rodon was non-tendered and he sat there, realized the other 29 teams didn't want him, and he had to come back to the White Sox for $3 million. And Carlos Rodon was so receptive to the suggestions made by Ethan Katz that he put on one hell of a season in his last year with the White Sox. And he leveraged that to a $20 million plus contract with the Giants this past year. And he was awesome for the San Francisco Giants, maybe a Cy Young finalist in the National League. And he just opted out of his player option to become a free agent again because the dude's going to get paid. He's going to get that nine-figure contract this offseason. And... I am imagining the same thing will happen with Lucas Giolito. And I want to be hopeful, Jim, that we all laugh at just how bad 2022 was, the way that we kind of laugh at 2018, and just how remarkable the transformation is for Lucas Giolito and how he did it again that he just bounced back. And you'll get the people to say, I was always a believer. You know, there's those people. I always believed, even though the data and everything and just the eye test, the observational analytics uh, suggested something different through the 2022 season with Lucas Giolito. But I, I am hopeful with a normal off season where he's not having to play part-time union rep during CBA negotiations. That's out of the way that he could just focus up on his craft and get back to normal because I do believe normal Lucas Giolito is 2019 to 2021, and that Lucas Giolito gets a $100 million plus contract. But he's not going to get there unless he bounces back in 2023, which I think he will. This leads to the next question and something that we've seen the offseason plan projects. Because this is the last year of team control, is Lucas Giolito a trade target this offseason, Jim? Trade target me in terms of like... uh teams going for him or teams like shopping or a White Sox shopping him? Let's start with teams calling about Lucas Giolito. I 
I can see that just because when you look at the, you know, whether he's making 10 million or 12 million, like that's the going rate for an interesting pitcher who will sign, who's open to signing a one-year deal. Like that's kind of like the, the Jose Quintana before, like he had like three bad years in a row, Corey Kluber. Yeah. Noah Syndergaard signed for more, but just like, that's kind of the, uh, you know, Garrett Richards, I think signed for 8 million and he hasn't been anything the last few years. So yeah, that's a case where like, I think teams would call. I don't think the White Sox are especially keen on shopping him just because they'd be selling low. They need a pitcher like him uh, for the rate that he's going for. So it's hard to see, like if they were looking at like a Cleveland style reconfiguring to where like, we're going to take a step back, like the Francisco Lindor uh, off season where they traded him. Mm. Like if they're looking at like, not quite um, tearing it down and not quite rebuilding all the way, but realizing like, this isn't going to be the year. Uh, we're going to trade you know, Gilito for what we can get for him and then just use those guys or use that player to build that 2024 team. Uh, that's, I think, you know, maybe a case where they trade him, but it does seem like it's a case where it's not the time. Like it's, they need him. Uh, he needs to be good. Uh, it would be especially useful if he were that 2019 good for the 2023 White Sox. So yeah, it, it seems like they're going to be staying put. And the, the, the th two thoughts that crossed my mind when you're talking about like the reasons you're optimistic is one, is he angling for another guaranteed rate commercial where he talks about just how terrible he was <laughs> and how he's great now. Uh, the other guy I thought about is because we've likened him before is Jose Barrios. Yeah. And like Barrios, since he signed his deal has been kind of rocky and you know, that kind of same giving innings, but not really good and not factoring into any postseason plans, like not being a go-to guy and, and kind of lost in, you know, in the woods right now with how he's trying to get hitters out. Like the one thing that keeps me from being more in the six is like, it is a unique pitch mix that Giolito's working with. And it might be a case to where like, if he's not, if that fastball isn't like as crisp as he can throw it, like he might be just kind of an unremarkable uh, middle of the rotation pitcher that just doesn't really register on Cy Young radars. Like the way, like we know, like Carlos Rodon, even when he wasn't this current form, he still had that slider. Right. He still had that like dynamite pitch that just could get swings and misses no matter what. It was just a case where like, is he going to throw uh, 50 of them over hundred pitches over five innings because nothing else is working with Giolito. Like if his fastball isn't 94 with that hop, like what does he have? He, he has a know-how of how to get hitters out, but it's also just like, it, it doesn't profile as like a postseason rotation pitcher. So that's a, I think that's what keeps me from being more than a six is like, he just might have a fragile arsenal that requires him being at his best to uh, be a difference maker over the course of a six month season or that seventh month uh, in the postseason. Yeah, I think the chances the White Sox traded Lucas Giolito this offseason are very low. However, midseason, different story. Where are the White Sox at the All Star break? Mm -hmm. Where are the White Sox getting closer to the end of June? If they're the same spot that they were last year or worse, then yes, I could see Lucas Giolito traded midseason in which the White Sox try to get something back because if they hold on to Lucas Giolito and he pitches well enough where he merits the idea of the White Sox giving him a qualifying offer, and let's see if that still exists because both sides, the Players Association, the league, 
are still trying to iron out details of an international draft. And if they can do so, then the qualifying offer goes away. If he pitches that well, he's going to decline it. So the best that you could do is gain an extra draft pick. I do a lot of our draft coverage at Sox Machine and Future Sox folks. That extra second route pick is not that great. Okay. Uh, you might want to take your chances on a team mm. possibly overpaying in trade prospects if they desire a starting pitcher of the quality of Lucas Giolito midseason. So I think it's more likely he gets traded in season, but that really depends on where the Chicago White Sox are at. And if they're at first place at the end of July, of course they're not going to trade Lucas Giolito. And then we'll talk about him declining the qualifying offer next offseason as he goes into free agency. And the 2024 offseason plan project is a lot of White Sox fans trying to dream up or think up of a possible contract to keep Lucas Giolito in the south side of Chicago. But this is a big season for Lucas Giolito upcoming here, Jim. And I think he's going to be one. He's going to be one of the White Sox players we're going to talk a lot about as the season starts because there's just so much riding on the line for him, and riding a lot on the line for the White Sox as well, uh, and hoping that he can help lead the rotation again, like he did from 2019 to 2021. Yeah, I think you know when you look at the rest of the rotation, Lance Lynn, you hope for like the the Lance Lynn that the White Sox traded for but also he's getting older so like if he drops off a little bit sure we thought that Michael Kopech might be like a rotation fixture he's not there yet so really Giolito was supposed to be the glue of like this rotation vision they had through 2023 so it is important that even if he doesn't quite get all the way back to you know Cy Young finalist if he can at least get to like 170 innings for ERA like that's still good for what this team needs. And if he gets, you know, all-star consideration or Cy Young consideration at the end of the year, so much the better. Yes. And that will do it for this episode of the Sox Machine podcast. We, as we conclude the 2022 player review for Lucas Giolito. Again, there'll be a lot more conversations about Giolito as we edge closer to the 2023 season, but with the upcoming off season already starting in Major League Baseball, I know a lot of White Sox fans are wondering, could Lucas Giolito be traded? Jim and I are siding with the chances of being pretty low, as uh, I think all parties want to see on how he does to start the 2023 season in a White Sox uniform. But thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Sox Machine Podcast. If you just discovered the Sox Machine Podcast, you can subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts, such as Apple and Spotify Music. If you enjoy our work and you want more, you can sign up at patreon.com slash Machine, where our Patreon supporters get more. They get exclusive content, they get ad-free versions of both the podcast and website, and when we have new Sox Machine swag, they're the first ones to receive it. Monthly plans start at $2, and you can save with an annual subscription. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash Machine. The Sox Machine Podcast is a production of SoxMachine.com. You're over all things Chicago White Sox baseball and part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Alongside Jim Margulis, I'm Josh Nelson. Thanks for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. 
That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.